Okay, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler. I've got everything set up on all links here. Uh, Periscope, Facebook, and of course, my uh, podcast, which is getting off to a really good start. By the way, my Periscope friends, if you can really help me out here, Please download the podcast, uh, Spotify, anywhere you want to download your podcast. The word Sports Scope, Google that. You can find me here um, and listen to that and get some of my plays in there. I do got a lot I want to talk about. Obviously, Eli Manning got benched. I called for it around a week week 11 on the Eli Manning bench. Benching, and that turned out to be week three. Not a bad call after looking at everything. Looking at who they're playing, teams like Washington and Tampa should be good for Daniel Jones to get his feet wet. And uh, also want to talk about got some college games coming up next week. Going to be interesting. Uh, Wisconsin, Michigan. Uh, got some thoughts on that game, and also uh, Auburn and Texas A&M. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But first, let me talk about a story that has. It was a late uh, mid-afternoon story by Sports Illustrated going back three years between Oakland, Miami, and and the Pittsburgh area, Antonio Brown. And I will tie this into yesterday's program when I talked about Antonio Brown, everybody. Uh, There was a long Sports Illustrated story by Robert Klimko, Sports Illustrated Very well-known, respected writer for Sports Illustrated. Um, This is, uh, it took a while for me to go through this, but I made some notes here. And and the reason why I say this, because everybody go back and listen to yesterday's program, I talked about a thing called football karma with the New England Patriots for signing. Antonio Brown has nothing to do with, the uh, allegation of a, the rape out of civil suit allegation, nothing to do with that. Listen to this. This is from Sports Illustrated. This came out today. This is news. This is not old news, me repeating what has already been reported. This came out today. Uh, according to Sports Illustrated, there was a sexual harassment suit, uh, not a suit, but a sexual harassment allegation uh, by a lady. Uh, it was a nonprofit painter. Uh, in te- uh, in, in, in uh, Tony Brown's home, uh, he was uh, came up to her while she was paint, uh, doing this painting in his house, and is uh, nothing more but a towel on to cover his genitals. Uh, several allegations of him. Now, people are suing him. Different people from stiffing the money uh, for services and stuff like that. Uh, this story by Robert Klimko has several uh, of those allegations from from Florida to to Pennsylvania, for that matter, uh, while he, uh, because, you know, he is from Liberty City. Also, it talks about the uh, assistant. He told one of his assistants to tell um, a person working in his house not to look at him in the eye. I mean, just, and it goes on, it says, um, there was a, a assault, a domestic assault, but never got reported. But one of his ex-girlfriends talked about a domestic assault. Uh, he has uh, 
he uses the term, uh, the racial term, uh, cracker. Uh, it's been used more than the Mike Mayotte incident, other incidents going all the way back here. And this, the reason why I'm saying all this stuff, because it goes back to what I said yesterday. And I want to play back what I said yesterday on yesterday's program. Listen up, everybody. There's a thing called football karma. And if you today, today it, 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 it's week two's ending, week two's done. All the games have been played. Cleveland won, all the bands have been played. And if you gave me the field or the Patriots to win the Super Bowl due to football karma, yeah, big win for Atlanta. Due to football karma, which I called for, by the way, I'll take the field. I said I'll take the field over the Patriots. Um, This is what Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick are taking on right now. I know that they are heavy favorites against the, the, the lowly Jets coming up on Sunday. But also in the news, uh, Isaiah Wynn, their starting left tackle, is out for eight weeks on the uh, IR. Uh, that is the day that this new story came out of, of uh, Antonio Brown, three years of investigating and interviews by um, through three states, through police records uh, between Florida and, and, and the Pennsylvania area, and even some in the California area, even from that short stint that he had in California. You know, this guy is 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 a typical uh, rags to riches story where a guy just cannot handle the money. Um, very uh, entitlement issues. Uh, no respect for other people. No respect for women in his presence. No respect for people beneath him. I mean, he's really out of control. Uh, it, it this stuff is really, um, and, and it's just worth. The more you dig on this guy, the worse it is. And I'm not blaming this on Isaiah Wynn, but I said like this: I will take the field over the Patriots uh, to win the Super Bowl this year. I'll take the field now. Like I said yesterday, Kansas City over Green Bay to win the Super Bowl, 38-35, but. I know a lot of people's going to jump back on that Patriots bandwagon and say this defense is going to ride them, you know. And my thing is that the cloud of, of, of Antonio Brown laying over um, the cloud of Antonio Brown over this team, it's going to, it's going to. Oh, I mean, I'll, I'll say that if they don't get rid of him by middle of the season, it'll be a miracle. And that being said, he's not on the commissioner's exempt list. He's still being, uh, he's still going to be able to play. But if 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 the NFL investigators find that he is is guilty on this uh, rape counter on his rape lawsuit, uh, yes, he'll be suspended probably for the year. I mean, there's no telling how long he'll be suspended. And to me, if I'm a Patriots fan, everybody, that would be a blessing in disguise. Because I think it's a football karma kind of thing. Uh, if he, I mean, this story is, is is long and it's in depth and it goes back three years of, uh, like I said, domestic issues with with ex girlfriends, baby mamas, whatever you want to call it. 
um, sexual harassment to one lady, uh, the claims uh, stiffened people. I mean, we're talking thousands of dollars to chefs, uh, to, to drivers, to cars. And, and, and a common occurrence in this article, one person says, is this guy will, will befriend you, bring you in, get you to put your guard down, do a handshake agreement. And once the service is done, he'll come up with a fight. He'll create a fight or argument so he won't have to pay you. He is stiffing people all over the country, drivers and stuff like this, uh, not paying up on nonprofit paintings, just little stuff like this with the domestic issues. Uh, this is a really damning story. They got under, I mean, nobody talked. I don't know if any sports people in the late afternoon or evening are talking about this Sports Illustrated story. But this is bad. I mean, I know Robert Kraft has his legal issues. I know about the flight gate. And obviously, um, you know, Aaron Hernandez is a whole nother level above this. I get it. And, and once they found out how bad Aaron Hernandez was, they did cut the guy immediately. I'll give the Patriots credit for that. But this story right here, it's just hard for me to sleep at night if I'm if I'm a member of this organization and I got this guy on the team, you know, and it, it's still a privilege. It's not a right to play in the NFL. Uh, what they're doing is in the legal guidelines of the league. They meaning that the uh, Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, the two decision makers, the two shot callers here. But all I'm saying is. I know they're not bulletproof. Isaiah Wynn will be out their starting left tackle eight weeks. Uh, this will not affect them. Obviously, probably on Sunday, they're going to trounce the Jets. But they do have to play uh, Cleveland and Baltimore uh, in the upcoming games. And the next four, uh, three of those next, Buffalo has got a much improved defense. Cleveland, Baltimore. Cleveland's got... Um, their big-time pass rusher that played on Monday night had a great game there. Uh, Baltimore still got that Baltimore defense, and he might be able to come back against the uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles after the bye week, he meaning Isaiah Wynn. But I'm just calling it. I, you know, uh, call me superstitious, but the Isaiah Wynn injury, nothing against Isaiah Wynn. I'm sure he's a fine player out of University of Georgia. But I, I just think this is one of those things. It's kind of like a little bit of football karma coming back from the Antonio Brown side. It's just, uh, you know, after reading that, if I'm Robert Kraft, say, you know, look, man, we got to cut our losses with this guy. It, it, this is it, it, the the talent does not outweigh the the ongoing drama that that follows this guy around. Um, I know that that uh, he did not have to take questions in that game uh, Sunday. They set it up where they completely got him away from the podium. I get all that with him and, and, and the Patriots, but it's not – they're not going to be able to run forever. With this story coming out, uh, this is really going to get under the skin of Bill Belichick, and it should. You know, it, it's just – and I hate to be like the moral police and anything, but it's just one of those things that's just growing. It's growing like a cancer. Uh, with this guy, and you know, looking at him, I understand he's a rags and riches story. He, he, it also talks about him being homeless at one point, living in Liberty City, and uh, him being a six round pick. 
Rose the stardom that I want to say he made over 63 million as a pro. What also what this story says, but it, it, it is it's one of those cases where he just cannot handle this influx of cash. I don't think he has any kind of mentors that are that are keeping him grounded because he, he's so disrespectful. People he's stiffing people left and right. Uh, you know, this lady was a nonprofit, worked for a nonprofit painting, and he, and he exposed himself and nothing but a towel right in front of her. Uh, that has nothing to do with the with the actual. This is this is a different story. It has nothing to do with the civil suit of the uh, rape allegation. With this, this is a completely different incident. I'm talking about. And again, for you, this now join me on Periscope. This is from the Sports Illustrated article. Uh, it's on my Twitter timeline at our Butler seven twenty three. You can read it for yourself. It's very long and detailed. It goes back three years. Uh, uh, interviews, police reports, you name it from California, uh, Pennsylvania, and, of course, his hometown in um, uh, the Miami Liberty City area, in and around the Pittsburgh area. Uh, it's really despicable, some of the things he's done. But, you know, I know it's not a bunch of choir boys, but this is really ridiculous of um, what, what you're seeing in the NFL right here. Um, like I said, I think the karma's – I'll take the field against the Patriots this year. I think that the, the bad karma of this uh, will come back and bite them at some point. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But that's just my, my thought on that. I cannot let something like that just slide underneath the radar and not print it out, look it up, and talk about it. Okay, big news today, as expected um, – Eli Manning was benched. I said it would be around week 11. I looked up their defense. They're fourth, uh, excuse me, they are fifth uh, worst defense in yards uh, as far as any team in the league this season. Uh, their offensive line is ranked 23rd. Uh, they have one great um, offensive weather other than Saquon Barkley, and that's Evan Ingram. So Eli Manning career comes to a close with the New York Giants. I'll just say this. We knew it was coming. We knew Daniel Jones was going to take over. We just didn't think it was going to come over this soon. Uh, the timing of it is really good. If you really think about this, even though the team's getting, getting crushed, they got to play Tampa, who doesn't really have a true pro bowler in Washington at home. Uh, Washington's got a slew of injuries, too. I would say they're a bottom five team. Go ahead and get your feet wet and get this thing done. Uh, there's going to be some questions about Eli Manning and his legacy. And I'm going to tell you something. Every writer that I've ever listened to or talked to over the years, in the past 20, 25 years, and I always hear them say the same thing. Can you tell the story of that era without using this person's name? And I, I look at the era of uh, New England Patriots and, and Tom Brady and, and the Super Bowls of, of 2000 and, and, and eight or seven season and 11 season. You cannot without two Super Bowl MVPs. And that is Eli Manning. Uh, he has that consecutive game streak played. Um, so he is a he is a Hall of Famer in my eyes. Uh, one time you beat the best team ever. Uh, regular season undefeated team. He went MVP, and then you do it again. So it's not a fluke. So to me, yes, the guy's a first battle Hall of Famer. And as far as Eli is concerned, his stats weren't too bad. But uh, 
My thought was maybe maybe the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers offer a third or fourth round pick for him. Uh, I talked about them signing another player, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, yesterday. Now, of course, it seems like they like Mason Rudolph, but hey, bring in a little competition. I know it would be hard to teach him a playbook on the fly, but hey, these guys are professionals. You work them around the clock. You get this stuff taken care of. It's a food for thought. They'll probably keep Mason Rudolph there, and Eli just sit out the rest of the year and back this uh, Daniel Jones up. He's made a lot of money. He's he's won two Super Bowl MVPs. They probably should have done this two or three years ago and drafted uh, Josh Allen of Buffalo, who's playing great. But that, hey, I wouldn't have took Saquon Barkley when I did. I would have took another quarterback. But it looks like it may work out. Uh, all's well ends well for her, the career of Eli Manning. Um, as far as Daniel Jones, like I said, I mean, you know, Tampa and and, and Washington. Uh, I guess the coaching staff is saying, "Hey, look, we don't have, uh, we don't really have a great team here. We don't have a competitive team here. We are third in our division. Forget about the NFC. Look how good, uh, much better the, uh, than uh, San Francisco looks. Seattle." Uh, obviously, uh, L.A., uh, the Bears are better. The Green Bay Packers are better. I mean, you might as well get this guy's feet wet. I'm thinking that the Giants are going to get a top-five draft pick next year. Uh, they're going to be somewhere with Miami, uh, Cincinnati, and um, who is the other one? That's a, uh, Arizona looks decent. Arizona's going to be in that top five. Miami's probably going to be the number one. Miami is really, really bad uh, right now. They're definitely going to get the number one. Got a boatload of draft picks. They got some hope. They've got a good uh, general manager and executive personnel person uh, in Reggie McKenzie. But as far as the Giants, yeah, go ahead and get this guy's feet wet. Their, their offensive line isn't that bad. It could be a lot worse. Um, and plus, you've got one of the better running backs in the game in Saquon Barkley. Go ahead and get the guy's feet wet and make it happen. Use Evan Ingram and uh, and do your thing. Get your feet wet. Okay. Had to go over the two biggest stories in the NFL. They kind of, uh, like I said, I think a lot of people's dismissing that Antonio Brown story. Again, if you get a chance, look it up on Sports Illustrated or you look at my timeline. I, I tweeted it out there. The Robert Klimko story. Okay, college. All right, Michigan beat Wisconsin last year in football, 38-13. And what a difference a year makes. Okay, Michigan barely beats Army before their bye week. And believe it or not, everybody, uh, Vegas has Michigan as a three-and-a-half-one underdog at Wisconsin. Michigan has the same quarterback that they did last year, Shea Patterson. And, of course, they got a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive system. But I got this bye week here. Uh, I talked about Michigan last week and Jim Harbaugh. This is is, is the most pressure. People say what they want to. Uh, give me a break, okay? This is the most pressure he's ever been in as a head coach. He didn't have as much pressure at San Francisco. He was uh, seen as uh, uh, underachieving. Uh, he was overachiever there. Uh he didn't have that much pressure, really, at Stanford. And then I didn't even uh, – he didn't have no pressure virtually at San Diego as a head coach. 
this is the most pressure he's had. But that being said, I, I like Michigan to go get it together and go beat this Wisconsin team. Uh, they did have a good, you know, win against what was it, South Florida at South Florida. But I like the way this Michigan team matches up with Wisconsin. I think they're going to go in there and win. Even though I know they had a bad game against Army. And I'll tell you what, if if Wisconsin cleans their clock, I'll be the first to come on here and admit that, hey, I was wrong. Um, oops, sorry. I did not mean to do that. So that's my thoughts on that. I kind of got ahead of myself. I did want to comment on a few games uh, last week. Uh, another narrative. Herm Edwards is too old to coach college football. He hadn't coached college football since the 80s. And I remember hearing that from um, Clay Travis, uh, a lot of the older sports talk show people saying that, that um, excuse me, I had to get my microphone closer, everybody, that, that, that Herm Edwards is washed up. He's too old to go back and coach college. I was not one of those people. I watched a lot of the games with the Jets. And I watched a lot of his games when he coached with Kansas City. Didn't have a quarterback there at the end with the Jets, nor Kansas City. But I thought to myself, you know, Herm Edwards is a very energetic, enthusiastic person, which will be great for recruiting, great for young people. He always got me um, fired up. You know, play, you play to win the game. I used to listen to him on Mike and Mike a lot in the mornings. And I thought, man, he's he still got it. He's still got a lot of fire in his belly. Well, you know, Sunday, Saturday, they went up and beat Michigan State. Michigan State was number 18 in the country. They beat them at Michigan State. Uh, very physical team there. You got to give Herm Edwards his credit. Uh, not recruiting at this big high level like usually teams have to do to get these kind of wins. So, you know, I just want to say poo-poo to the haters there. Uh, I don't, and I never did call for him to win a national championship at Arizona State. But, you know, it, it just goes to show that if you set your mind to it and, and you got decent help, no matter what age you are, you can get something done in this world. And I, I want to say he's in his 60s, Herm Edwards, and he still coaches like a guy in his 30s, uh, very animated um, post, uh, press conference there. Big win for Arizona State. Uh, good, look, uh, good look for the Pac-12 uh, there. Okay, I watched all this game, I will say. And, and I've got a friend of mine that is a big University of Kentucky fan. I'm out of Nashville. Not the biggest fan of Florida, but I do like Dan Mullen. And I admire Florida. I know Florida's had – they have the best high schools in the country when it comes to quality – college football players and I'll tell you that game Saturday night when I felt like Kentucky had they had complete control of this game for three quarters um the good solid 11 point lead coming into the fourth quarter Felipe Franks gets hurt now I'm reading he is out for the year this junior quarterback Cal Teresk uh Trash which uh kind of I kept calling him Trash Comes in, three passes later, boom, 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 touchdown, three touchdown drives. Uh, Kentucky misses a field goal at the end. Uh, Florida goes on and wins that game. Uh, Dan Mullen, uh, 
remember early on and the, the week before Labor Day, uh, Miami looked really gassed up, goes in, scores early, and Florida comes back and, and does not look back. Florida hangs on back and forth, wins that game at the end. Mullen has has put that level of toughness in the heads of these Florida players. Uh, their their recruiting has not jumped up that much since he's took over as coach, but that's what the difference in coaching makes. Uh, Mullen is um, he's really doing a good job with less. I'll say that he brought this junior, and and you know what, they're fourteen point under uh, favorites against Tennessee at home. And I'm thinking to myself, you know something, uh, give me Florida at home against Tennessee because I think they'll probably win by like 17 to 28 points, something crazy like that. I really like what he has done. Uh, this, and, and, and somebody was saying uh, that was writing up for ESPN that they, they got a shot to beat Georgia. I wouldn't go that far. I think this is Georgia's best team. I'm calling for Georgia to win the national championship this year. And uh, I'm not pulling away from that observation. You know, hold on, everybody. I got to switch my, go back here and go back to my anchor app. I got to stop or start recording. Okay. All right. Uh, so great win for Florida. Uh, they're going to about, they're going to continue that streak and win against Tennessee. So Clemson. Okay, so Clemson, I did not say that Clemson would cover. I, I thought that they were 27-point uh, favorites on the road coming off a rough game against Texas A&M, and they, they, they covered the 27 at Syracuse, which hurts Dino Baber's stock as a head coach uh, for getting other jobs. So, heck of a win for Clemson. So my take on Clemson pending Trevor Lawrence stay healthy is they they go out and and, and win the um, uh, they win the regular season ACC so they're going to stay number one pretty much uh, wire to wire in the regular season um, unfortunate for everybody else but it you just got to call a spade a spade when it comes to that uh, definitely think that they will. Um, they will get uh, that, that. Now, I'll say this. I still got Georgia winning the whole thing. And like I said, uh, going back to Georgia, I mean, that, that was a heck of a, you know, like I said, pending Lawrence stays healthy, which I think he will. But uh, going back to Georgia, Georgia plays Notre Dame at home. They're 14-point favorites. That's another one. I'll take uh, – I'll give up the 14, take Georgia at home to, to win comfortably against – uh, Notre Dame, which is an improved team, but I think this Georgia team particularly is playing really well at this time. Uh, let's see. Okay. The other team, Texas A&M. What was it, a 12-point game, I want to say, at Clemson earlier this year? Uh, a lot of people not, not, didn't really pick up on this last year, but this is Jimbo Fisher and, and – uh, Gus Malzant rematch. Remember, they played or they played last year in Auburn one by four, but they played in the national championship game. Uh, what was it back in 2014, 2015 season with Florida State and Auburn? 
epic game. I want to say Auburn got off to a big lead early. Like, was it like 21 to three or something like that? Winston, Jameis Winston in Florida State, head coach Jimbo Fisher came back and won. Really put Jimbo Fisher's name on the map as being a national championship type of head coach. Um, they got a, they're at home against um, Auburn. I, I like this uh, Mont. What's his name? Keelan Mond, the quarterback there for Texas A&M, over the freshman quarterback Knicks for Auburn. So, like Texas A&M to get that W there. Uh, not a huge day in, um, not really a huge week in the college football. I don't talk these uh, powder, powdery rank, uh, low-end teams. I just like to cover the big dogs when it comes to that. They just kind of recap today's program. Uh, again, uh, if you're, if you're, if you're, um, if you're New England, I just don't see how you keep, uh, keep Antonio Brown on the roster. I went over some other stuff that he has done and been investigated for through interviews and whatnot uh, by Sports Illustrated. His story that came out later on this, uh, this afternoon. Uh, very interesting story there. And I think it's a thing called football karma. Uh, not to say I told you so, but uh, there was also store, uh, news late this afternoon that left tackle Isaiah Wynn will be out for eight weeks. He's on the injured reserve for the Patriots. So he can't come back until uh, at least after eight games. They have to fill up that roster spot. And uh, I had a soundbite on that earlier. Uh, and, of course, to Eli Manning's bench, why not? Like I said, they're fifth worst in yards allowed. They're 0-2. Uh, Eli Manning, uh, I want to say his quarterback, uh, QBR was like 62. One of those games, I want to say it might've been in the Dallas game. Eli's had a great career. Should, would I put him in the hall of fame first ballot? Yeah, I would. I would put him in there, uh, depending on who he's with, but you got to put it uh, going back to that. If you can tell the story without Eli Manning's name, if you could tell the story of the era he played in without using his name, you could put him in the Hall of Fame. But that's just not true. Uh, they, they, they beat an 18-0 New England Patriot team, and a lot of those were big throws by Eli Manning. In the second game, uh, 2011, big throws by Eli Manning to Mario Manningham. In that game, we all know about the greatest catch in the uh, uh, in, in the yeah, beating the undefeated Patriot team. So definitely put the guy in the Hall of Fame. He's had a great career, made a lot of money, and I think that he'll be fine. I would have made the move a few years ago, but that's just me. So just kind of recapping everything. Uh, not a huge week in the college game. Other than that Michigan-Wisconsin game, there would be a little bit more pressure on uh, Harbaugh to, to get, the, uh, get the win there. Uh, this team beat they beat Wisconsin 38-13 last year, and now they're four-point underdogs because of how bad they played against Army. Uh, but I'm looking for them to bounce back in the bye week. Uh, they got a new offensive coordinator. Uh, I think he's going to be just fine with the uh, with that Wolverine team coming off this bye week. You can get a lot done in the bye week, even in the college game with the less time. So uh, that is all I have for tonight, everybody. I will be back on tomorrow 
around 11 p.m. Central Time. Talk about whatever is popping in the wild world of sports. Mainly, I'm sure there'll be another story in the NFL and college football I can get around to. Uh, please download the podcast, uh, Sports Scope. You Google that. I know it's on Spotify, Google Play. Uh, this at Sports and then S K O P E. You download the podcast here. You can see me here on Periscope, also on Facebook. And. Just name a few of the mediums. I'm, I'm getting on other other types of podcasts. So wherever you uh, use your podcast, Sportscope is coming into a podcast near you thanks to Anchor App. So like I said, everybody, I'll be back tomorrow, 11 p.m. Central Time here. If you like the show, please retweet it. Tell your friends about it. Trying to capitalize and monetize. Like a lot of work. You can see I'm tired tonight. Uh, to get this program off and running. Have a good night, everybody. I will see you tomorrow around the same time.